0: Hello and welcome to the very first spin-off from the Tech Marketing Podcast. In collaboration with the Association of National Advertisers, we are thrilled to bring you the Masters of B2B Marketing. Get ready now as we spin through some fantastic episodes covering the latest in B2B thinking, from AI to advertising, analytics to attribution, alignment, and so much more. With a digital marketing career spanning four decades, David Blackburn has seen a lot of new tech come and go. In this episode, the esteemed chair of the A's B2B chapter tells us why the key to his evolving career is being chronically curious, and how he sees AI's potential to disrupt financial services as much as the internet and mobile did. Plus, if you're a B2B marketer, which of course if you're listening to this podcast you are, and didn't make it to the ANA's this year, get ready to listen to why you shouldn't really miss it again. David, welcome to the Tech Marketing Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. We are here on the morning after the award, so we're all feeling a little bit worse for wear. <laughs> but tell us your story. You currently work for ProShares, is that correct? That's right, yes. So how, what's been your journey in B2B up to date?
1: Yeah, I have always been a marketer at the intersection of technology and business, mm-hmm. and often that, that happens in financial services. Early in my career, I gravitated towards the financial services space. And that's where the interesting work was happening. And that's where the companies were making the investments and Mm. and doing the things. So I came up in the pre-internet days, worked at a number of brands where we were launching the website for the first time or establishing that presence. And then as the concept of multimedia or interactive or marketing technology, I've had all these job titles through my career, uh, as those became more ingrained in corporate culture, corporate operations, I found myself in roles that were focused on that. Uh, The first, I would say, big B2B experience, I was at Bank of America working on the US Trust brand, so the ultra high net worth Uh, segment. uh, And that is B2B space, because we're not selling checking accounts and credit cards to individuals, we're selling very hand financial services and planning services and investment management services. Either to high net worth individuals or to tax attorneys or accountants or it, other right. intermediaries. Yeah. So yeah. That, that, yeah, that's a step into B two B. Yeah, had a good long tenure there, and then next my next role was at DTCC, the Depository Trust and Clearing Corporation, which is itself a very B two B focused financial infrastructure utility. Okay. If you don't know what it is, you can look it up.
2: Yeah, Basically, I think
0: Sonia was telling me basically is. It, the DT, DTTC, is that correct? D- DT- CC, yeah. DTCC, yeah. Basically, DTCC has the goal to back up currency or something along those so lines. So it's the capital markets, the yeah. trades.
1: So wow. so DTCC is private, owned by the banks and brokerages that operate in the capital markets. Wow. And itself is member-owned, and so the owners are also the customers. Mm-hmm. And essentially, every trade that happens on the U.S. markets gets Set up through brokerages, and then they send that transaction to DTCC, which then guarantees that the transaction will be completed. So they verify that both parties one party has the securities, one party has the cash, and if either of those parties defaults on that trade, DTCC is there to ensure that it happens. So just make sure that the markets keep ticking over every single day to the tune of 90 million transactions in a day. And last year, two quadrillion dollars of securities transactions processed in a year. So it's all about reliability, dependability, flawless execution, data. So it's it really is the biggest FinTech, you've never heard of. Yeah. (laughs) That was was fascinating. uh, Yeah, that's amazing. And then uh, did you move from there to where you are today? Yes, Yes. I moved to ProShares in in the fall last year. Okay. I had a good tenure at DTCC. (laughs) ProShares has a very interesting story as a really innovative asset manager doing some very interesting work. And I had some fascinating conversations with the team there and I I now run digital marketing for
0: pressure. You've gone on a I'm also a digital marketer, David, so I started life in this industry probably around 15, 20 years ago but just I find it fascinating how you've been there the advent of the internet, you Building first websites for brands to now work for a company that, if I'm correct, essentially is at the forefront of ETF and trading yeah, in things like yeah. Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Yes, that's fair. So that is an incredibly innovative journey. What's been your memory of the the biggest learning that you've taken through all of that? I would all say of- the big
1: learning and the thing I tell mentees when they, they mm. when I'm in those relationships is just stay curious. Keep yeah. learning, be willing to read the next chapter in the book. And sometimes it just means being one chapter ahead of everyone else. Or sometimes it means really being out there and checking all the things out because you never know which of these disruptive technologies or innovations is really going to hit it big. But I'm chronically curious and have kept myself as much as possible on, on the edge of these things as they develop. And that's allowed me to Evolved my career as the technology space has evolved as well.
0: I think I'm going to steal that chronically curious, by the way, because I think that actually, that summarizes <laughs> a lot of the interviews we've had over the last couple of days, really. The, I'm interested, you talked about being a chapter ahead. If you were to look a chapter or a book ahead today, what are you in, investing in B2B? Or what, where are your bets uh, in B2B? Well, if we had this conversation eight months
1: ago, I would have said automation and machine learning, mm-hmm. maybe virtual reality, augmented reality, mm-hmm. XR, yeah. metaverse. Yeah, But now it's obviously yeah. generative AI. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> that, we didn't that, know you were going to say that. <laughs>
1: that story changed very quickly. And so we, we saw a presentation yesterday where people said there was the internet, and then there was mobile, and now there's generative AI. I think that's fair. I think yeah. it's fair to yeah. say it's on that scale. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's on the scale of the iPhone and not mobile as a whole, but I'm, I think I'm more betting that it's on the scale of mobile as mm-hmm. a whole. And certainly from a marketer's point of view, whether you be brand side or agency side, the capabilities are fantastic. Mm-hmm. With limitations and risks, and we yeah. need to be careful. It's very Wild West. It I think is right now. There's some great talk out there right now. To quote a very smart person that I respect a lot, this Generative AI is not like getting Einstein on your team. It's like getting a 1,000 interns on your team.
2: And that's I think that's the right that's way to really, look at it. Yeah, yeah. that's a, I haven't heard about it. That's, so a, that, that's, really that's
1: good. Ben Jones from Google, if you want to footnote him. He's, <laughs> I, okay. he, he's a former boss, and he's super sharp, and he's on the edge of a lot of these <laughs> things. But, yeah, it's not going to come in currently. This may change in yep. three months, right, yeah, yeah. or 18. or It's not going to come in and give you the big strategy, the big idea. But, boy, if you have... A ton of just the small tasks, and you can set it up right, and you know its
0: limitations, and you deal with the hallucination and all that. It's incredibly powerful, and it's only going to get better. <laughs> the image you just give me is one of, and I'm sure the copy team in our agency talk about this. It's just lots of monkeys at typewriters. It's yeah. that's what it is. Eventually, one of them will be able to write a novel. Yep. But it's yeah. I've got to say, it's fascinating. Are you using AI generative AI currently in your role, or are you plan? How are you planning? Not in a it? formal way, and only. Ex- experimentation, yeah, yeah.
1: piloting, very cautious, right? Yeah. But essentially, air gapping anything we do from our actual processes, yeah, yeah, yeah. but who hasn't used it to write yeah. an email? Okay. Here are my points, write me an email, yeah. you read the email, you have it's a trust but verify sort yeah, of yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, yes, so we're, I think we're all using it, but it's not a formal part of the process <laughs> yet. We are having conversations with our Agencies and vendors, uh, how they're using it mm-hmm. and what their policy is, because mm-hmm. I want to have very clear transparency there. Absolutely. Because I think there, there's the hallucination risk, there's the verification risk, there's potential copyright. Yes, yeah, right. It, it, it doesn't. It, 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 yeah. it doesn't copy full swaths of text and yet everything it writes is copied from somewhere somehow yeah, yeah. And, and i think it's the lawyers are going to have yeah. uh, something to say about that eventually yeah. Yeah. the regulators have not really stepped in so in financial services obviously worry about th- that my colleagues who work in healthcare are also concerned about that so I think the regulators will have something to say eventually, yep. but we're not there yet. So for now, we're taking the point of view that it, the burden is on us to evaluate the risk and mitigate yep. the risk appropriately. I,
0: I mean, Alex, you, you can probably phrase this better than I can. Like as, so we're agency side, we are, we've got a duty of care to our clients to mm-hmm. use this technology responsibly. Mm-hmm. So we've outlined us we call them a series of compasses because we know this market's going to evolve. You can't we can't have a hard yes or no right. answers to, to a lot of these questions. But coming from a client side, having these discussions with your agencies, with your suppliers, like how can they make it easy on how can they make it easier on you to make those decisions? And what are you looking for yeah, in those it, conversations? It, transparency, right? Just
1: yeah. clear transparency. On the level of where uh, a large corporation in the US is engaging a tech vendor and we have SOC and SOC 2 verification processes. We'll get there eventually and AI will probably be rolled into that. But in the meantime, let's be in that Yep. mind frame while we have the conversations okay what can it do what can it not do what are the risks and make it i want them to be more knowledgeable about it than i am so that they're not accidentally going to slip something in there was a famous story two weeks ago or so of a lawyer who submitted a brief to a judge and <clears throat> he cited a bunch of cases that didn't exist yeah he, he had chat gpt do his work wow. and the judge was not happy so i and that was just ignorance on his part. He thought, hey, great new tool. I'll use it. And got himself in a lot of trouble. And I want to make sure that the people who are working with me are similarly cautious and aware. And that transparency is going to be key as it develops more. As the tools get stronger, as they get more closely integrated into the the platforms that we're already using every everybody has now pivoted from the the sales enablement solution to the AI powered sales enablement mm-hmm. solution and i want to make sure they're doing that intentionally you know, thoughtfully yeah, and yeah. they're sharing with me where they are <laughs> on their doing. journey
0: yeah yeah it's interesting i think you you mentioned was it trust but verify mm-hmm. that approach i think is where we need to head with it gary kasparov who was one of the chess yeah, Grandmaster. Yeah, well, yeah, well, just but
1: verify came from the Russians originally. Uh, yeah, right, so and, um,
0: exa- yeah, exactly. In uh, uh, fact, that's a great point. But Gary Kasparov, who was your chess grandmaster, got beaten by the first AI, not the first AI, but Big Blue. He famously talks about augmented intelligence. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the mm-hmm. frame that we tend to try and use it, which is it's there as a tool. Like, you wouldn't think of going back and not using Photoshop. Uh, And so the cat is out the bag, Pandora's box is open with AI, but it's now up to us to use it responsibly. Yeah,
1: I think the companies who are banning it are taking a very short-sighted approach. (laughs) Yes, there is risk. And if you don't have a policy in place, maybe you do need to block it in your office place. But... You can believe that your competition's using it. So
0: it, it's a very interesting business model, actually. This because Apple famously just there was the big Samsung case where mm. Samsung the code teams, got out. Coke got out exactly. Mm-hmm. So Apple have famously blocked it and said yep. they're not yep. going to use it of course the open ai responses we have this api that's private so why don't you just roll it out <laughs> internally using our api and yes. then it's so they're finding ways of monetizing that free service i think for me what scares me is just how much of a black box some of it is there's no it's not like an algorithm that anyone can open up and understand it's right. it's you put some inputs in you get some out you get some outputs and it's just and, difficult to and
1: understand. yet i think the black box is getting smaller and smaller i, th- I think there's yeah. a lot of open source work that's interesting yep. that's giving people access to the tools without necessarily going all in on the the gpt llm there there are ways to get smaller versions but you can fire it up on your Macintosh if you want. With limited functionality, the actual black box driving it is still a black box, but it's smaller and you can build more pieces around it. That's that. I think that'll be interesting to see how far we can go with that. If we could get to a truly open source model for a lot of it, that would give people a lot of peace of mind, I think. Mm-hmm.
0: So let's move. Let's shift gears to the we, ANA. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So we're here at the ANA Masters mm-hmm. of B2B conference. Yeah. And so David, tell us a bit about your role that yeah. you perform here. I've been a member of ANA for I
1: don't know, 15 years or so, just a fantastic organization. They do a lot of great advocacy for the industry and they are really committed to building the communities of different marketers, communicators across all industries. I am the chair of aAS B2B committee, okay. which is a volunteer role that I enjoy doing very much. There are a number of committees. There are 20 or so, but B2B is the best, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> and so that The committees provide many things. They do events like It runs this conference, but it's heavily connected with the B2B committee. But in between the big events, there's just a ton of other things going on, whether they be live, small, live Mm -hmm. events locally, virtual events obviously got much bigger during COVID, but that's something they've continued to do. And it's everything from showcasing great work to educational sessions, bringing a law firm to talk. It won't be long before we have a law firm or a regulator coming to talk to the committee about some Mm -hmm. implication of AI. But Communications, advertising, things we need to think about in our daily work, it's a great opportunity to go to a committee meeting and learn something. And then, of course, the networking aspect of it. The committees are really high powered brain trust. We have fantastic people who are doing amazing work in very senior jobs at the biggest companies who come and participate and share. And whether it's the presentation they make on the stage or the chit chat you have during the coffee break, it it really is an invaluable resource and here's the plug if you're a member committee membership is free all the activities are included in your membership and it is something that i have benefited from greatly it's been fantastic chairing the b2b committee just it's not a huge job but it's really nice to have a say in the direction of it and work with the ana as they do the work
0: it's so I, you've jumped straight to one of the questions I was going to ask, which is how can people get involved? I'll they could just join the NA, which right. is a great. How often do those committees meet?
1: It depends on the committee There there are 20 or more committees, everything from email marketing to ABM to B2C to B2B, wow. internal agency, yep. which is all kinds of themes go to the website ana.net yeah. click on the committee's link you can see it all some events are open some events are members only yep. um, okay. but that's the way to find out and membership is oh, so membership is free yeah sorry some of the things are some of some of the things, things free. are free okay, you're fine. you're going to be better off if your if your company joins yeah, ana and then you get it yeah and then you get access to everything yeah, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. another plug i'm not this is not a <laughs> paid say, endorsement no, but <laughs> it's a, it's an incredible value for money in terms of what your company pays for membership and then it just gives access to every employee
2: yeah Based on what That's we've seen, of, based on what we've seen in the last few days, mm-hmm. obviously we, we have exposure to lots of thought leadership and lots mm-hmm. of insight around B two B marketing mm-hmm. and, and and what the latest and greatest is. And over the last two days, I have to say, for all new members or, or non-members right now, there is so much value. Mm-hmm. We've got some seriously incredible people yes. talking about some really well thought through, but also future thinking mm-hmm. ideas, practical work that they can actually yeah. use yeah. especially for the up-and-coming b2b marketers yes. really on, on an individual basis it's yes. there's a lot a lot to take in that's very valuable I mean, we've had an amazing few days okay. here and that's a very short amount of time yeah that we've been and, and so to
1: extrapolate that out to if you can have those kind of smaller check-ins throughout <coughs> yeah. the year whether it's once a month or the yeah. committee. i think b2b we meet two to three times a year for a big committee meeting, but yeah. we have events more often. Yeah. Multiply that out by yeah. the number of committees. Yeah. And yeah, there, there's just an awful lot. And as I said, it's a brain trust. It's mm. a safe cone of silence discussion <laughs> yeah. space often, not obviously when you're up on stage, but just a lot of really interesting insight gets shared, mm. and it's invaluable. Yeah. And,
0: I, and I would say we're actually running some similar roundtables, and the topic we've picked at the moment, which I'm sure resonates with everything we've just talked about, is digital disruption in an age of economic uncertainty Mm -hmm. right we we have gone through probably the tech especially has gone through one of the roughest six months but some of the most disruptive six months Mm -hmm. as well with things like artificial intelligence coming out the only way i think if you're in a senior position you can't rely on training or book your books are going to be out of date by the time they're published is you've got to learn off your peers yes is there anything that you've taken from the committees over the last six months that you've implemented in your business always. Right?
1: Whether it's seeing someone who's an expert in ABM and how they're doing it, yep. or see, seeing someone from Google or LinkedIn speak mm-hmm. yesterday, right? Yep. It's just exposure to not necessarily the latest and greatest, it's not cutting edge or bleeding edge things because that's not how B2B operates, but strong thinking, backed up by examples and proven success yep. in terms of techniques or technology or process or yeah. whatever it might be, yeah. yes, for yeah.
2: sure. Yeah, We've seen some, so many fantastically strong brands doing the things that logically, you've got, as, again, from an agency perspective, you're like, mm-hmm. this, is, this is so right. And it's very different when your agency says you need to be doing this versus other very successful technology brands. And I think coming back to what you're saying about membership I don't know what's stopping people, but I have to say that if, if you can get as many people as possible just hearing some of the things, they're going to be better at what they do. They're going to be better at what they do individually, and they're going to do a much better job working within the brand that they, yeah. that they
1: work for. And really tactically about that, a lot of organization memberships live in the sales or marketing budget. and <laughs> a membership often lives in the training and development yes, budget, which, yep. which I absolutely see it yeah. as serving that role yeah. and it's it you need to encourage people yeah. to get involved but yeah. we find that once they're in and they've yeah. clicked in and created their account yeah. seen the stuff yeah. that it, it takes on a life of its own and people are delighted to be involved
2: with absolutely it. i have to say we're working with one of our clients who's here this week and actually they are here to learn about how it can help their recruitment and talent strategy absolutely really interestingly and I'm, i think absolutely right on that's a it's a mm-hmm. big benefit
0: David, thank Thanks. you so much for joining us this morning after we were all a little bit sore headed <laughs> after the awards last night. It's been a pleasure having you on the Tech Marketing Podcast. Yeah, it's really good to meet hope you. to have you a yeah, guest yeah. again soon. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's, it's been a good. pleasure. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Masters of B2B Marketing in association with the ANA's. Looking for more insights? Be sure to explore our other episodes showcasing some brilliant leaders in the B2B world. And of course, don't forget to hit subscribe to stay up to date with the latest
2: from the Tech Marketing Podcast.